welcome to Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey, episode 31. Boy, episode 30 was a doozy. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to rate and review us. Editing mechanical combat down like that is uh, quite a chore, but you, dear listener, make it worth it. Last time on Carrots and Suffering. Sable discharged everyone but herself from the fairy corrupted circle of the moon. I want you to have the opportunity to be a part of a circle that is true to what you want to be. And so, as of this moment, I release all of you, both those that are present and those that are not, from membership in the Circle of the Moon. I will stand as its single member and give you three days and nights to consider. Sable then met with a fairy warband that just happened to be in the area. Uh, did you find out who everyone is? I did. Well, sort of. I got a, a decent look at them. There's a giant and two trolls, a small contingent of displacer beasts, a few red caps. Definitely don't talk to them or look them in the eye. And um, there are some some Eldrin hunters in the area that actually weren't part of the battalion. It is definitely a, uh, a war squadron. Sable then conducted a high-stress sermon, worshipping the fairy queen while unsure if the warband was here to eliminate her. My lady, the circle of the moon has come together tonight to worship you and to sing your praises. She nods. No sound comes out of this globe. Fucking fabulous. Great. <laughs> house Evans exploded into violent battle as a swarm of were-rats invaded the house. There's just madness in their eyes. They don't look in control in any way, shape, or form. House Evans emerged victorious with all the were-rats of the Thieves' Guild dead, but there was some real damage. Oh, Silva, you are bitten. Please take three more damage, and then I need a constitution saving throw. The DC is 11. That's a one. That's a one. No! That is were-rat Silva. Oh, no! Silpha and Jalen rallied with House Evans after a midnight assault, and we're going to pick up there. One last note, before the guild came to a mad and violent end, they had a side project trying to dig a tunnel out of the thorns, and that comes up today. I'm pretty sure everybody's in a little bit of shock, so yeah, it's probably pretty quiet and subdued. Jalen will put her cup down and say... Yes, we should find rooms that are unfucked enough for people to sleep in. Sophie sets down her glass of wine and says, Not that it makes it better, but I think these people would have been forced to do the same thing in our position. And we should remember that the cause of this was fairy agents, and we have a chance to break that chain. So Laurel will chime in and say, All right. Six champions set up a set up a perimeter. Six of you hit the sack. We're switching off for the next three days. Champions all nod and file out. Sofa kind of like winces and then goes like fuck. She moved. What is it? I I just I moved in the wrong way. It's it's fine. I'll be all right. Master Kylan. Hmm. Is it true that people with a particular condition? are sensitive to silver, no matter what their form. Yeah, that's true. I think before we all part ways, we should determine who needs treatment and who does not. He says, all right. He pulls out a, a coin pouch from his pocket and produces a silver coin, which he sort of gently handles kind of by his fingernails and sets it down on the table. So is there, like, a line of people who have been bitten that... The six people who have been bitten, plus Leslie and Jessica, kind of walk up the table. And they all put their hands on a coin, one at a time. So, if I recall, Jessica botched it, and we already rolled for her, so she touches it, and then, like, immediately pulls her hand back and says, Ow! It, like, shocked me or burnt me or something. Leslie touches it, and it has no effect. Leslie looks a little relieved. And then, could you hand me a couple of your d20s? Two of the six servants recoil as it burns them. So, a total of two servants, 
plus Jessica plus Silpha. Mm-hmm. Yep. Does Silpha touch it? She did tell everybody she'd been bitten. She did tell everyone she'd so, been bitten. So they do know she's it's possible. So I, I guess because you told everyone you've been bitten, they do all look at you expectantly as the last one pulls their hand away. She just kind of nods. Jalen will put a hand on her shoulder and say, it's better to know. I know. You realize that she was, when she'd moved, she touched Grandma Beatrix's silver dagger. Uh-huh. Okay, well, good news. It's full moon tonight, so we've got 30 days to work out something. Well, we have three doses, and that should be sufficient for Jessica and the other members of the household. I can take care of myself. Silpha, and she stops and says, okay. I told you, I know someone. Okay. So the the servants aren't quite sure what you're referencing when you say you've got three doses, so they'll not excuse themselves, but sort of stand there. So Silpha will look to them and say, what caused these people to become the mindless creatures that they were is something that can be contracted by their bite. On the full moon, you would transform into a creature like this. There is a treatment for it. It's a deadly poison, but... It acts by, well, if you survive the poison, it cures the condition. You'll be quite ill for some time. So they kind of look at each other and they're like, so, I mean, what's the alternative, Kylan? Do we just, like, make some kind of deal or what? And Kylan says, well... Jalen says, no. That's not how this is going to go. If you make a deal, it chains you, binds you to the Fairy Queen. They kind of look at each other a little bit, and they are going to roll will saves versus fear. So the DC at 10. One of them says, all right, give it to me. He's referring to the Belladonna, not the deal with the Fairy Queen. Yeah. So Silpha turns to Leslie. I think we might need to set up your space as a kind of infirmary. Okay, well, I mean, there's a lot of appropriate things up there already. Come on. You two, let's go. And the one servant who is is kind of brash and ready for this starts to walk forward, and the other one takes about two steps back, and then the cook sort of puts two hands on her on their shoulders and starts sort of shoving them forward, and they're reluctantly being pushed up the stairs. Jalen's going to put a hand on Kylan's arm to ask him to hang back. And Jessica's like, well, I guess I got to go with them. This was a good night. And she turns and walks up the steps. <laughs> One person is happy. She's going to be so pissed when she is so violently ill. <laughs> so are you, are you, is Silpha going with them? Silpha will go with them. So you head up to Isaac's room. The, the window is blown out. There's no shutters on it. There's like scorch, sort of not fire, but some kind of blast mark that wraps around the, the windowsill area. You're definitely not going to get that close. So you, you've got an open air space. As you step into the room, it is much harder than it was last time to push your way through the fairy proof circle. You do manage it, but it is it is a struggle. Like it, it absolutely takes your breath away. It, it almost hurts as you push through. And once you're inside of it, you get a sense of relief and you're in the room. Leslie looks around and kind of pulls out some blankets and starts making like a little set of beds on the floor. And the two servants start moving to help, just sort of reflexively set out some pillows and things. And then uh, the cook says, all right, well, I'm going to get some water and uh, I'll bring up food. And Mistress Leslie, can you make sure the door locks from the inside, maybe? And Leslie says, oh, that's not a problem. And she will head back out to get water. And Leslie turns around and says, well, did you bring it with? Yes. Okay. Jessica's like, I get the bed. So I think Silva would have stashed her bag underneath the bed earlier when we were all convening and making plans. So she pulls her her bag with, and takes out her lantern and takes out the box. But Kylan has the cigarettes that she rolled. Oh, Jalen has the last dose of it. She did something with it. She gave it back. 
Oh, did you? No, she no. put it into cigarettes. No, I rolled it into cigarettes and oh. Leslie delivered them to Kylan. I thought you only used some of it. Yeah, she I did. only used she only used part of one dose, but Oh, I thought you brought it. But if she needs three total I need doses, three then. doses. Yeah. So Leslie will run downstairs and no sooner have they gone upstairs that Leslie comes back down and says, Do you have those um cigarette things? And he pulls out his case and says, The ones I'm not supposed to smoke? And he's like, Yeah, and grabs them and heads back upstairs. So back upstairs, the servants are ready. The cook comes back in and she's like, I think we make it into a tea. Does that sound nice, everyone? And just like <laughs> pours some cups of hot water and pulls out like a sort of tea leaf grinding thing. One of them is going to get tobacco tea <laughs> and tobacco to belladonna tea. Uh, That'll go to Jessica. She'll love it. I was, was going to say, mm. or just have her smoke the cigarettes. <laughs> I believe Jalen rolled some of these up. Lady Jessica, do you want? <laughs> and she's like, yep, pass them over. And she proceeds to light up one in each hand. <laughs> smoking. Sylva kind of grins despite herself. <laughs> All right. The uh, two servants drink their cup of tea. And everybody who sucks down some belladonna is going to roll con saves. Good news. Everybody is feeling pretty good, actually. Side effects don't set in immediately, but you, you know they are going to be sick. So they kind of settle in for the night to sleep in their little... To, to sleep and barf yeah. alternately. Yeah, there's a, she brings in... The cook brings in some chamber pots and leaves them lying around for... Leaving Leslie and Silpha. Just hanging out? Yeah, well, just... The cook has made it clear she's going to stay here for the night. And Leslie says, all right, well... Guess we gotta find a place to sleep. I can temporarily ward the attic if you want to come this way. Lead on. So Leslie takes you down the hall and pulls down one of those like attic ladders and climbs up into the attic. It does not have a lot going on, but it is like a, a finished wooden room. Not doesn't have a very high ceiling, but it does have like a bunch of spare linens and things, and so Leslie'll start making a little bed out of stuff. Silpha is behaving noticeably more relieved now that the three other people who are afflicted with lycanthropy are now receiving treatment. So Leslie will sit down in the sort of nest of blankets she's made and say, so, have a seat. Silpha settles herself in and wraps up in one of the blankets and kind of scoots in close. Leslie will kind of buddy up next to you and then say, I know this is kind of an awkward time to ask, but when are you going to take care of your thing? Well, I'd like to take care of it as expediently as possible, but for that I believe that I would need to avail myself of a fairy-proof room. So, probably the Lady Nieves tomorrow. Okay, great. Well, Sylph, I'm really glad you were here. And Leslie will kind of just sort of lay down next to you and pull a pillow up. Well, I really wish I could have done more that felt helpful, but I'm glad that all the members of House Evans are safe. Leslie kind of reaches up and sort of grabs your arm and kind of tries to pull you down into a spooning position. She goes with it. <laughs> and says, you did enough. And a few seconds go by and you hear a soft snore. Aw. Let's go back downstairs. Are, are we alone in the dining hall? You're totally alone in the dining hall. Wait, what do we have? Do we have like tables and benches or tables and chairs? Uh, I, I mean, think we... you had fancy tables and chairs. I mean, it is a noble house. Kylan is probably in one of them with his feet up on the table, which you know the servants would hate, but they have gone to bed. Right. She'll pull out a chair around the corner from him so that she can actually like see his face. And she's going to say, Kylan, I, I want you to know that I know that this was my fault. And you're... I mean, you're not exactly a spare-the-rod sort, but if you were, I would tell you... Not to spare me over this. There's just no need. He leans back in his chair and kind of looks up at the ceiling for a little while. And then he says, It's probably true that if Sable were dead, this would not have happened now. But it is probably also true that even if Sable were dead, this would have happened eventually. I, I mean, I. it seems like everything was running smooth as gravy until I started showing up and 
it's not just Sable, Kylan. I didn't want to play a game the way that it was being played. And now we've murdered all your friends. And I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. He says, well, I appreciate the apology. He stands up and kind of says, you know, I'm going to head to bed, but one more thing. The Thieves Guild has never been about following orders. Not even a little bit. And I was kind of worried that you wouldn't be a very good uh, head of the Thieves Guild because you follow orders. And this is a group of people that no one's ever going to tell them what to do. And the truth of the matter is, when you took choice away from them, not you, when Steve and Rin and Willie took choice from these people, this is the choice they would have made. Live free or die, it's kind of our thing. We overlook the fairy part of this sometimes, because we, we tell ourselves it, it makes us more free. So, I'm sure this outcome would have been better for everybody if it had been avoided, but I don't know that they would have appreciated it going down any other way. She'll stand up and say, well, I think I'm going to go lie awake all night trying to understand that. Yeah, good luck with that. I'm sure one of the guest rooms is open. Is her room trash? Oh, no, your room was totally fine. Because she wasn't in it. No. Uh, when you get up there, it, something has screwed with your window, but there's nothing in it now. Okay. And nothing's out of place, like stuff didn't get knocked around? No, it looks like something opened your window, saw you weren't in here, and left. Okay. Yeah, she'll go and close the window and... Put away all of her knives and strip down and go to bed and stare at the ceiling. Meanwhile, at House Barathe, Sable was asleep in the corner. Mm -hmm. About, you think maybe 20, 30 minutes into your being asleep, there is loud thunder outside. It had been a starry night and a decent moon which means some some sort of clouds must have rolled in at a very unnatural speed. Right. I'm going to the window. When you get to the window, Whistles is already there. He's completely visible. And you can see the, the glitter that normally sort of falls around him is a dark, muted gray tone. Is someone displeased? Oh, yes. Someone is very displeased. Why? I thought that we pleased her tonight. We did. I'm not sure what she's upset about, but this hasn't happened in a few generations. And you can see the the sky just open up and it starts to just downpour rain in all directions, flashes of lightning. About 20 minutes into the rain and lightning, sleet starts pelting the window. And then that gives way to like fist-sized hail. And in the flashes of lightning, you're pretty sure you see something in the distance that might be a tornado ripping through the Thorns region. Can you find out? No, I can't. Can anyone? I don't want a tornado taking down our village after we've done so much. The only way to get a hold of the Fairy Queen is to go through one of the gates. It'd take me probably a day and a half to figure out what's going on. What about this mirror? The orb? I mean, we can see through it, but we can't hear. Well, that's a start. I grab the orb climb up on my bed, and sit it down in front of me, and see if I can figure out a way to make it work so that I can focus on the Fairy Queen. Roll me Arcana. All right, with a 22, you focus in on this orb, and it, it turns on, and into view comes the ballroom. You see many of the same guests that you'd seen about an hour earlier, only now they look terrified and are basically stacked against the walls, clearing the middle of the floor. And the Fairy Queen is sort of pacing back and forth, angrily just stomping between the throne and the door, and the throne and the door. Is she saying anything? You can't hear a word. I know I can't hear it, but I she's got lips. They can move. Yeah, so you can rotate it around and look at her, and she is not saying anything, but you notice... None of the Varathis, or the people that bear a resemblance to the family Varathi, are in the crowd anymore. Okay. I ask Whistles, does this work the other direction? Can she see me at all? She can if she looks up. I don't know how to make her look up. You can't. (laughs) (laughs) She might be able to hear you if you focus and say something. I've got to focus hard. And I'm going to say, my lady. Her gaze does look up at you. My lady. 
Why? Her mouth moves, and you it doesn't make any noise. I know, but I could try to read those lips. Okay, roll me insight with disadvantage. Twelve. Twelve. You get one word. You. Was the other one fuck? <laughs> no. Are there many words? No. no. Well, there there were her mouth has has moved several times, but the you is the only word you you got. Did I feel like it was directed at me? Oh yeah. Oh god. I'm I will say what can I do? Her her eyes look furious. And she waves a hand and the orb turns off. And Whistles says, Apparently you can't undo what you did. So... But I don't know what I did. Well, what what did you do? I mean, the sermon went fine. Did you do anything before it or after it? Yes. Okay, what did you do? I dismissed the circle. I gave everyone a choice. You, you, dis, you dismissed the circle? Just did for three days. So wait, the circle the circle still exists, right? There is still a circle right now. If you count me as a circle. Oh, good. Oh, wow. And he sort of lowers himself to the window sill and puts a hand on the on the pane and says, Ooh, "Oh, that was close. Okay. All right. So you just removed everyone else." Right. From the circle, but there's still a circle. Yes. Oh, good. Good. I mean, I I went. I did the sermon. Yeah, yeah, yep. Okay, now we just have to figure out how to get 300 people out of the thorns. Okay, excuse me. What? No, 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 explain. What do you mean, explain? You traded souls for being in the circle. You, you kicked people out of the circle. That they're, they're free. They're just roaming the thorns. He kicks the window sill open, and from outside you hear trumpets. And he's like, shut! God! God damn it! And he flies out into the rain. Is it still hailing big? Oh yeah, fit like fist size. God damn it! So House Evans, you guys are tired, beat up, stabbed, short on blood, and sick with poison. And sick with poison. It takes a little while, but the three people in the room that has no window anymore, like they definitely get wet as just rain pelts in. And they sort of are still well enough to stand up and move things and put, put hang like a blanket over it. And... I imagine in the attic we are woken up by pelting hail. Oh yeah, yeah, in- intense pelting hail. You hear howling winds, wild amounts of rain. Jalen will get up and go to her window seat and look out at it. Uh, yeah, it is. The lightning flashes almost like. Lightning thunder, lightning thunder is one force. Yeah, it it is just flash, 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 that fast. Silva sits bolt up right next to Leslie, pulls out her lantern and looks concerned. Your lantern does not turn on at all unless you turn it on, meaning there are no fairy creatures or invisible things near you. That is good, and I will turn on the lantern to use it as a normal lantern. Okay. Leslie sits up and says, "Well." Strange weather isn't the worst thing, but it probably means we're more safe. And lays back down. Doesn't appear to go back to sleep right away. Neither does Silpha. Says, so much for traveling to the Lady Mies. Well, maybe it'll clear up in the morning. And Leslie rolls Arcana. As well as a nature check. Silpha can do the same thing. And Jalen rolls a 19 on nature. Nature? Yeah, this is not a natural storm. It should not be raining. There was no clouds in the sky. This is abnormal, and you don't know anyone powerful enough to do this. All right, she's going to put on a robe and go out in the hall and see if anybody else is waking up. People are kind of waking up, but a lot of them are, like, trying to get back into bed. So, like, people come out, look around, kind of confused, a little concerned. When they see there's really nothing they can do, they turn around and head back into the bed. Did Leslie leave the attic ladder down? Probably not. She'll go knock on Leslie's bedroom door, because she's assuming everybody's in there. The door swings open, and Jessica looks mus-haired and... And pale death. A little pale, yeah. And she swings the door open, and she says, like, it's raining. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Is Leslie in here, or Sofa? No. Do you know where they went? No. Oh. 
Okay. All right. Go back to bed. Okay. Uh, so back upstairs, how'd you do on your nature and our counter roll? It would have been a 16 either way. For both of them? Mm-hmm. Okay. So with a 16, you know that within the fairy realm, it is said that the fairy nobility basically are inseparable from the lands they own. And so their mood changes the land and they can control time and weather and all sorts of things. Fundamental forces of nature. Whether or not food gives you sustenance is something that they their mood determines. This is an unnatural storm as if you were in the fairy wild. And so some fairy nobility is very mad. And the universe believes that they own this space. Sofa turns eyes to Leslie. Thinks somebody's upset. Leslie looks out the, the window and says, like, I mean, are you talking about gods? Because I don't think they do this kind of stuff anymore. No, I mean something has displeased the fairy queen. Oh. Well, maybe it was us murdering all of these uh, lycanthropes. Mm. Cast a magic circle. All right. And Leslie puts down a magic circle. The rain on the roof and the sound of hail dims noticeably, as the the weather itself seems to try to avoid landing within <laughs> ten feet of a circle under the roof. Leslie, do you think you could go find Jalen and see how she's doing? Yeah, yeah. I'll be right back. Leslie throws the blankets off and walks over and drops the ladder down. So you're Jalen looking in the uh, room. Well, she probably went and looked in a few of the guest rooms, and when she couldn't find anybody, she just went back to her room, but she left the door open. Yeah. So she's like back at the window looking out at the storm. Leslie will walk in and say, hey. Ah, hi. How's it going? Weird. Yeah. This isn't This isn't normal. No. No, it's not. Silpha says it's a um, an angry reaction from the Fairy Queen. You think because of what we did? I do, yeah. What do we do? Do we get everybody back in your room? I mean, what what should we do? Um, we can't. I don't can know. Can Kylan even get into your room? No, he can't. Oh, I th- I think we just waited out. I mean, she can't be mad forever. Okay, where have you been? The attic. Is Sylpha up there with you? Yeah. All right, I'll I'll come up there too if that's okay. Sure. In the beat of time that it takes. Leslie to leave and go find Jalen. Sylpha will cast Remove Curse on herself within the magic circle. You feel suddenly much better. There was a pressure from the magic circle that you you didn't even really realize was there, and it immediately goes away as you cast Remove Curse on yourself. There is no other indication that any anything is wrong in the universe except that it is still pouring rain outside. With hail and sleet and lightning and thunder. And Sylpha sighs a heavy sigh of relief. Long-time listeners may be wondering to themselves, well, that was inconsistent. When Riley removed his curse, all of his animal mutations were gone. And here we are with Sylpha still a moth. Well, the out-of-character reason for that is that Julie really likes her moth traits and didn't really want to get rid of them. But the in-character reason for that is... Bum bum bum! Why are Silpha Lunari's moth traits not a curse? Well, I guess we'll have to find out. It's time for Animal Facts! Today's Animal Facts are brought to you by the Horned Lizard, which is sometimes called a horned toad, but it is not a toad. The horned lizard has a relatively wide, flat body with spiky spines of scale and two actual bone-cored horns on their head. They're generally about the size of a teacup, although there are over 20 different species, which creates a lot of variety. So, under the superpowers. Horned lizards use a variety of means to avoid predation. Their coloration generally serves as camouflage. When threatened, their first defense is to remain still to avoid detection. If you get too close, they generally run in short bursts and stop abruptly to confuse the predator's visual acuity. If this fails, they puff up their bodies to cause them to appear more horned and larger so that they'd be more difficult to swallow. 
At least eight species are also able to squirt an aimed stream of blood from the corner of their eyes for a distance of up to five feet. They do this by restricting the blood flow leaving the head, thereby increasing blood pressure and rupturing tiny vessels around the eyelids. The blood not only confuses predators, but also tastes and smells foul to canine and feline predators. It appears to have no effect against birds. While previously thought that the fallow compounds were added to the blood by some kind of gland in the sinus cavity, current research has shown that the chemical compounds just are in the blood already, circulating around. It's possible that their diet of a large quantity of venomous harvester ants could be a factor. However, the origin and structure of the chemical isn't really understood. The blood squirting mechanism increases survival after contact with canine predators. Therefore, it's probably, well unorthodox, a defensive evolutionary advantage. Ocular autohemorrhaging has also been documented in other lizards, which suggests blood squirting could have evolved from a less extreme version of this defense somewhere in the ancestral branch. It's entirely possible that other species of lizards had this and de-evolved it for reasons that we really don't understand, but I imagine squirting blood out of your eye isn't the best defense. All right, let's get back to it. So you get up into the attic. Silver, are you okay? Yes, better now. Jalen will kind of get into the magic circle. Is, does she feel any effects like like going to Leslie's room? Uh, it is. So this is much more transitory and weaker than the one that Leslie is literally embedded into her floor, mm-hmm. walls and ceiling and windows. Mm-hmm. So you feel it, but it's not like the same pushing through molasses that you normally feel. Sure. All right. So she'll. She brought a blanket with her, so she'll sort of sit down near Silpha and say, this is weird. Yes. I speculate that someone is unhappy. I'm not sure what to be done about it, though. And we're going to switch scenes to House Varathi. Whistles has gone outside. Yeah, he ran away. I'm like, oh my god. Oh my god. Um, And I throw open the door. I should have a guard there. So when you throw open the door, the guard is not there. They're down the hall staring out the window like, what the fuck? Yeah. But when your door swings open, they turn around and say, uh, m'lady. Uh, I think something really bad is happening. Um, uh, worse than you think. Uh, well, okay. What would you like me to do about it? First and foremost, find out if Helena is here. Okay. And then just be ready. I don't know what's coming out of the thorns. And I start heading downstairs to go outside. You head downstairs. You go outside. Before I go outside, right before I go outside, I'm going to cast Enhance Ability. Okay. So I'm not, it's just a touch thing. Yeah, you can cast it. No yeah. problem. So I do a casting. I touch myself. I give myself Cat's Grace because I do not want to get hit by one of those big pieces of hail. Okay. But I'm going straight through and they're not going to see me. You know, eventually it'll get dark. So I want to try to make sure that they don't see me. I can get far enough away before I get into the thorns that they wouldn't be able to see me, correct? Yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, the lightning is very distracting. Yeah, so you bolt into the tree. Roll me a reflex save. The DC is 10. Uh, I rolled a 10. Alright, you're good. good. You bolt into the... into the thorns. Am I okay? Yep, you're fine. The thorns aren't doing anything to me? No, you're just very wet. Okay. Great. I'm headed out to where tree is. You arrive at Tree's circle, and inside the boughs of the willow tree is is mostly dry. Tree has a pretty thick canopy. Tree, were all of the other previous members of the Circle of the Moon in the Fae? No, only the ones who made that final agreement. Whistle says that there are 300 people in the Thorns now that they have to get out. It's possible if you paid people, which you did, for your abilities, when they were no longer in the circle, they lost them, and therefore those people would be free. But the Fairy Queen is under no obligation to return them to safety, just to this side of the gates. Wonderful. But they're... I mean, these were people that were shifted... As I understand it. Most of them, yes. Although, by my calculations, there should be about eight members of the Circle who, whose deals would be void now if you removed them from the Circle. I th- made 
I don't know if it's a terrible mistake. I don't, I don't know what choices are left to me, but there's no one in the circle now, Tree, except for me. Yes, well, as long as there's a circle, as far as I can tell, you're mostly safe, if that matters. Is there anything I can do to help these people? Hmm. It would be extremely expensive. I know. To buy one night with the thorn's poison, no longer affecting anyone. You yourself would end up in chains and fay for the rest of your existence. There is one thing. I'm not permitted to speak the terms of deals of which you are not privy. However, there is one person with the power to protect them. And as long as there is a circle, she is stuck in Fay. Of course, it's possible Whistles will protect them. Whistles? He likes humans. Can he? Does he have any power? No, not for real. He commands a small contingent of pixies, but he can give them advice. All right. Is that fucking cat around? I say that out loud. You hear from outside the circle, Yes, that fucking cat, <laughs> also known as Her Royalty's Messenger, is around. Would you like to approach, Messenger? I really would. Please, do. A very wet and grumpy-looking cat comes in out of the rain into the willow circle and starts to immediately sit down and, like, preen and try to dry themselves off with their tongue. I'll give him a minute. Yeah, a minute goes by. It doesn't show any sign of stopping. It's a very distressed cat. Yeah. When was the last time this happened? I'm sorry, you have to be more specific. This, the rain, the anger that we're seeing. Hmm. Her being so mad that this is happening. Well, this happens in the fairy world all the time. It doesn't here. No, I don't believe it's ever happened here. Tree, is that true? Tree says, if this is caused by the fairy queen, it will be the first time she has had a mood this sour. But this is not the fairy wilds. Cat, there's, there are, excuse me, messenger. Yes. Messenger, there are 300 people lost, maybe, in the thorns right now. I mean, there are usually people lost in thorns. I think probably recently released from Fae. Hmm, that's exceedingly rare. Yeah, it, it it is. Is there any chance that they can escape? It depends on how powerful they are. If you find any, are you at all inclined to assist them? They would have to ask. And as long as they would make a deal, you might help them? Yes, I can create a deal that would allow them to pass through the thorns. On the Fairy Queen's behalf. Mm-hmm. Would you be willing to make deals on your own behalf? Hmm. I can't say that they would allow them through the thorns. I'm not quite that powerful, but I appreciate the flattery. <laughs> Can you stay here tonight under the willow tree? If you give me a reason to believe it's worth my time... Well, I thought perhaps you would just want to. It is quite wet outside. But I could also spend my time going and finding these 300 people. I think most of them are before my time. And I know for a fact that I can't afford what the Fairy Queen would ask. Nor do I think she would be in a mood to do me any deals. Hmm. No. But maybe you'll be in luck. Perhaps some of them are pyromancers or something useful. That's true. All right. What would you ask? You. What would I ask? Hmm. Well, the only thing I can offer you is I could go look for them and offer them a deal. The terms would be based on how desperate they are and they just put them right back in the ferry. But if you were willing to... Take three deals from me. I could offer them a very light deal. Passage through the thorns for one day in exchange for perhaps one day of service. And then you have 300 people moving on house, Mason. 
Yeah, exactly. Yikes. (laughs) Deals with you or with the Fairy Queen? Well, their deal would be with the Fairy Queen. I don't have the power to make them immune to the thorns. Right. But mine would be with you? Yes, we could do that. Let's hear them. Hmm. I would like a room in your stables, furnished with a bed, permanently. Appearing as you are? Yes. You do know that others might recognize you as Fae, and perhaps try to murder you? That is your problem, isn't it? Deal number two would be my protection. (laughs) And I believe deal number three would be an occasional rodent breakfast. Once a day. How scurry. (laughs) You have all those kids. (laughs) Are you at all willing to disguise yourself? No, I'm beautiful. Even wet and miserable in the rain. I would prefer that those deals do not include service. Perhaps information instead. I don't want another war party gathering. Well, I'm sure you could make a deal to call off the war party. I'm not going to do that. Ah, well, then I can guarantee no... Well, nothing, frankly, in regards to war parties. Would you be willing to do at least this? Or are you capable? When you find someone in the thorns, warn them that a day of service might include war. Yes, as long as I still get my... Stable? Chateau de Messenger. You want a stable room. Mm-hmm. You want a rodent breakfast. You want to make sure no one kills you while you're in your stable room. Yes. Having your rodent breakfast. But a fancy couch would also be lovely. I think we can do a fancy couch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cannot make decisions for others. But I can make this decision on my own. All right, if you'll spend the evening trying to find as many in the thorns as you can under that tremendous discomfort of the weather. Hmm. Very well. And the cat turns and sort of prances into the thorns and you hear it give out a little like almost anther-like roar mm-hmm. and the flutter of wings can be heard coming in all directions. Oh, that's great. Okay. And they move off into the thorns. Okay. And I say, Dree, watch this. Because it'll be very interesting to see whether or not I've just made a grievous error. Well, the messenger is a rather peaceful version of his species. Most of the rest of them are quite violent. Well, that's great. I'm glad to to know that. I still... I'm concerned. Mm. Mark this down for history, because if I've really, really fucked up, I hope somebody can do it better in the future. Very well. For words, I think I've really fucked up. <laughs> I'm just imagining the tree saying that back to yeah. someone. I really fucked up. All right, I'm going back to the house. Back in the house, there is no sign of Champion Helena. Okay, they don't know where Helena is. Nope, she's not in her room. Okay, that's what I was afraid of. Great, I need... We've got to have three stable hands. Do you have three? All right, I need three stable hands. They arrive. I'm going to tell them that we need to clear out and make a room in the stables for an important species that I will be protecting. Will you nod and run away? We need a a fine... Do you know that velvet round footstool that we have that six people can sit around and all put Mm -hmm. their feet on it? Yeah. Put that in there. And a carpet. Okay. And they walk out bewildered, but hurrying, because you woke them up in the middle of the night. Yes. It's... Thank you. And make sure it's dry, please. Lady Breathy gone cray-cray. Yeah. <laughs> I am a 16-year-old. I'll wait for them to get done, and then inspect it, make sure that it looks okay. Yeah, and they've made a nice little apartment there. Perfect. It's got a big stable door. Right. Looks warm and cozy. Now, I remind you. The species that I'm going to have here from time to time is protected. Do you understand? It is very rare. Protected status. Done. Wait, they nod. Okay. Should you 
need guards. I expect you to tell me immediately. Get word to me. Okay. I will not have this creature attacked. Very well. We will we'll do that. Great. I'm going to go drink some coffee. You didn't make him agree not to attack anybody in the barn. <laughs> no, I didn't. All right. Morning happens. Oh, God. None of you slept worth a shit. No. But the rain has calmed. The thunder and the lightning are, are gone. There is substantial wind damage. Every roof is missing bits and pieces. It's quite a mess. We did get, like, short rest, right? Yeah, sure, you got a short rest. You might just go to bed now. Yeah. Well, I'm guessing Lord Evans is going to call some kind of family meeting in the morning. I just wanted to roll some hit dice. I'm going to go find where my friends are, but first I've got to handle some stuff at the house. There, that's better. 11 points. Yeah. Family meeting is actually not called until about 10.30. I might have time to get a messenger bird there before that. Sure. What do you want to say at the message to say? Well, I have no idea what has happened there. Well, you knew stuff was happening with the guild. Yeah, but I didn't know what it was. You didn't know it was happening at yeah. House Evans, but you knew stuff was going on yeah. down in the sewers. Or you thought it was happening down in the sewers. All right. First and foremost, I'm going out and I'm doing the ritual to make plants grow. Okay. People come out in the rain and watch and then go back into the... And I'll say something about, you know, rain and regrowth and all that bullshit. Yeah. Um, that sounds terrible, but my character's <laughs> tired, but she's trying. Okay. I can roll a perform, but I cannot think of a damn thing right now. No, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So she does offer something. Because, I mean, the land really does actually matter to her. But she'll talk about growth and regeneration and hopeful futures and make some plants grow. And then she will send a messenger bird that, first of all, checks on their well-being to see... If all is well, if the matters that they were dealing with last night were concluded successfully, that mine are unclear. The results of mine are unclear, and advice would be appreciated. So about 10.30, House Evans is basically roused by servants running around. They eventually think to look in the attic. You all end up around, again, the really big table in the dining hall. All the blood has been cleaned up. All the bodies are gone. Where they went, no one knows, and no one will ever know. So Lord Evans says, family meeting time. And pretty much every servant in the house is also crammed in this dining room. And he says, I have made a number of decisions. One... Uh, last night, we did experience a attack by Thorn's Beasts. They were repelled. However, a number of servants who went to the aid of the guard were lost. Uh, we suffered five casualties. You see nodding from around the whole room. Luckily, it was not worse. House Evans's guards, predominantly the champions, Saved the day. And all around the room are nods. Off my Silpha and Jalen are also nodding. And Lord Evans says, uh, All of the core family members slept through the drama. And Jessica goes to open her mouth like, Ah, yeah. And, and he just stares her down. And she's, she finally goes, Maybe, maybe not. Jalen will raise her hand. Yes, Jalen. We would not have slept through the damage to the house, Lord Evans. Very well. You were awoken, but did not participate in the fight. Yes, sir. Kylan? Kylan nods. You weren't here at all. You were out drinking. He nods. Everyone else, uh, you're going to spend the day cleaning this place up. The next time someone from outside House Evans arrives, I want it to look impeccable. And there's a, a fair amount of nodding around the room. And he says, uh, and above all, get some sleep. You all look awful. And he turns and says, I'll be in my study. And strides my out. My wreck of a study. That's where Silpha was, right? One of the servants will walk up to you, Jalen, and hand you a little note. It says, this came by Bird just a moment ago. Uh, she'll take it and unroll it. It is the note from Sable. All right, Jalen will show the note to Silpha and say, well, I think we're going to be cleaning up here most of the day, but maybe I could come back with you tonight and she could meet us at your house. 
that's amenable to me. I think that I would like to spend today with my family and and taking care of things. Absolutely. So Jalen will send a reply back to Sable at House Farathi saying Sable A com. <laughs> What's a dot com? Actually, you have Silpha there. Silpha could encrypt it. Yeah. Okay, so we'll send an encrypted message that says, We survived. There were casualties. Please meet us at the Lunari house at sunset. As we head to Jalen's room. Yeah. Jalen will close the door and say, I, I'm sorry. I feel like I neglected you in the aftermath last night. I'm glad Leslie was with you. She's just going to kind of sit on the floor and be like, the fuck do we do now, Silva? She puts a hand on your leg and says, I didn't feel neglected. Good. At least the lycanthropy is taken care of. Oh, actually, she doesn't know that Silva says. Yeah, she wouldn't, she wouldn't know. Do you need to go and do your thing with the thing? I will, yes. But now that it's only a personal matter and not an obligation in which I need to seek treatment for others, that makes it a great deal easier. Okay, good. I will have to visit Thalia. I am now owing her a favor, too. I need to talk to Lord Evans about what we're going to do about the guild. And I was going to... I was thinking of making a suggestion that I should run by you. We now have no guild. And I think it's important that we continue to run it, whatever form it takes next, but other people are going to try to fill the void. Others will try to fill the void. I did tell you I worried about a challenge to Master Kylan's leadership prior to this. Yeah. Does she have her lantern up here? Yeah. We can assume that she has her lantern out. We're not no, being not lit up. BT dubs, there are no pixies. <laughs> Good. Excellent. Excellent. They's busy. <laughs> They's busy. Busy buzzing around <laughs> the thorns looking for all these people. <laughs> not that we know that. I think the most worthwhile aspect of the guild to continue is that project I'm not supposed to know about. Yeah. But I can intuit its purpose. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that were members of my extended family able to participate in its completion and be granted unfettered access, they would be willing to fund and supply labor for its continuation. I think there are some people who would view it very narrowly as something that only holds power as long as the thorns stand. Yes, that's true. But that isn't true at all. Not to beat around the bush, but I'm led to believe smuggling is a very lucrative enterprise, Uh particularly if one already has a pre-existing business front. Yep. And I think that seizing power from people by their pocketbooks rather than outright assassination would be a step forward. I agree. You and me, Silva, we're thinking on the same page, so... You're like sisters. (laughs) (laughs) How would you feel about the Evans and the Lunaris working together to rebuild the guild? Because that is what I would like to suggest. Silva gets a quirky smile and says, Well, historically, that would set a very interesting precedent. I like it. I like this idea. I think we share many commonalities and goals. I do too. Well, let me feel this out, and I'll catch up with you this evening. I will start making my contacts. Okay. Well, let me catch up with you this evening, and then let's talk about it. Jalen, what are you doing between now and this evening? All right, she is going to go to Lord Evans. And if Kylan is still around, she'd like him to be there too. Okay, you can grab Kylan and head into Lord Evans' office. Leslie is actually sitting there. And as you walk in, you can hear Leslie saying, So tell me again 
how much we shipped last month. And Lord Evans looks up as you come in and says, we'll, we'll talk about it later. Hmm. Come on in. We're just doing accounting. Uh, I wondered if we could talk about what comes next with the other family business. Hmm. Lord Evans nods and says, oh, please come in. Close the door. Yep. And he pulls up a chair and says, whatever we do, I'd like to choose a plan that keeps the disruption under wraps. Well, if I may. Sure, I'll take ideas. <laughs> she always leaves it. He's like, yeah, shut up. Talk. Oh, man. Silva would almost kind of like to be in there to yeah, like, I know, put in right, a word. Right. She's going to say, I, well, something I've been trying to strategize i you know it was sort of a long-term possibility plan for the guild but now that we unfortunately have a blank slate it might actually be easier at this point i don't know exactly what order of events this needs to happen in my idea is going to involve you having a lengthy and persuasive discussion with lord mentor Lord Evans says, all right, I'm not opposed to this. I think we should legitimize the guild. We should draw up a charter and make it a legal entity. We would be licensing our trades of thief, spy, and assassin, and we would be the only ones in the kingdom who could legally practice these trades. Now, for that to work, we have to have the authority to go after anybody else who tries to take contracts and either recruit or eliminate them. And then I think the persuading element to go after with him would be the taxation issue, because if we're legal, he can tax us. He's going to stand and take make a lot of money off of it. The other thing is when it comes to assassination, and this is something I came across in one of Lynn's horse books who was talking about as a reference to jousting, but I have to do some more research, but I think we might be able to classify assassination as a form of public dueling, wherein the guild and whoever carries out a contract becomes a weapon of choice to settle a dispute. And in terms of the contract itself, there's a certain amount of discretion that has to be employed, but afterwards the contract holder would become a matter of public record. If I'm right about social stigma and taboo, this should effectively eliminate the practice of assassination in the kingdom. But we would still have a stranglehold over its practice. So Lord Evans leans back and nods his head a few times, and you get to give me an advantage. Here's your choice. Persuasion, meaning you're making a good argument, or history, making your, meaning you're making a legal argument. I get the same bonus either way. All a plus three. Uh, 19. 19. He says, this could work. This could work. And then, tangentially to that, <laughs> the new guild is going to need to be loyal to House Evans. We have to have their loyalty. And she looks at Kylan and she says, this means no more fairy deals. Kylan says, hey, I'm, I'm sold. I'm absolutely sold. So things like pension plans, because we killed a lot of people last night, and a lot of them had children, wives, family, elderly parents they were taken care of. Those people are screwed now. So we need to set up something with the new members where they either give a percentage of their contract earnings to take care of their family members or themselves in their retirement, whatever, but we need to set that up. We also need to have something along the lines of a no-kill book. Every member gets to put names in it. And I think if the funds are available, Lord Evans, there hasn't been an orphanage in this kingdom in a very long time. And there are a lot of children, especially of thorn cutters, who wind up just in the streets. If you found an orphanage, you can clean the money. And we basically get free recruits. And we raise them to be loyal to House Evans. And lastly... I think we're in a disadvantaged position right now such that you need to consider joining up with someone like the Lunaris. Now, I've thought about this too. To be brutally blunt, Jessica is too crazy to marry anybody in the nobility, but I bet there's a Lunari she could marry. And joining the two families together and working together with them 
would make both families more powerful and it would effectively eliminate the potential competition we would have with forming a new guild because they'd be with us. All right. Roll again. Ah, oh, shit. Shit, it just waited until the end of all of that. Yeah. All right. Advantage? Yeah. Yeah. You have it all planned out. 19. Okay. He says, wow, that's you've been thinking about this a lot. Yes. And he looks over at Kylan, and Kylan's like, I, I don't know where she gets that from. <laughs> and Lord Evans says, well, I like, I like all of these ideas. And Leslie leans in and says, you know, the only sticking point here is someone wanting to marry Jessica. <laughs> let me let me let me talk to Silpha, who we also owe a pretty major favor to now. So that helps with that whole bond thing because she didn't have to be here with us last night. Uh, actually, I was gonna I was gonna propose maybe maybe we not marry Jessica and we marry somebody else into the Lunari family. <laughs> And the the room, the room sits very quietly for a moment, and then you can see them all doing the math in their head, like, okay, yeah, yeah. Jalen's marrying into house Pernino, possibly do it, and so that leaves only Leslie. And finally, Lord Evan says, "Um, well, I guess this is as good a time as any. The Masons did call off the marriage with Meg," and Leslie nods. And he's like, you knew that already? And Leslie nods. <laughs> okay, I'll propose something to Vanessa Lunari. Okay, that's not where I thought this was going, but okay. You know that Silpha is in courting with Byron Mason. Lord Evan says, all right, Leslie, what do you think of that? And Leslie says, I don't think it's going to work out. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Jalen really can't say anything else to this right now. Leslie is becoming my favorite character. <laughs> and that wraps up our episode. I got some fan mail where folks were really hoping for a different outcome for House Evans, but I think they landed somewhere that is true to their character. I can assure you the story is not over yet. Special thanks to Todd Ferguson from My Pet Machine for our tunes and Julie from Elaborate Flight of Fancy for our logo. If you like those, you can find them both on Facebook. Don't forget to drop us a rating and review on iTunes. Will our heroes ever figure out what's going on with that fairy warband? Will the fairy queen calm her temper? Find out next time on Carrots and Suffering, the D&D Odyssey. Last game was so hard it broke my foot. Oh. <laughs> it was all about the game. That's that's, that's how right. that's how your foot that's got broken. That's how bad the game was. That's how rough it was. You got to quit rolling the d4s with your foot. That now is really I'm the worst cast. appendage. Now I'm gonna cast. Thanks to this podcast. Oh, podcast. Oh! <laughs> yes. We're, we're starting this right. I've infected everyone. That's exactly what I planned. Uh, you know what? You, know you what? need to work on your evil laugh now. <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe you need a vocal coach. <laughs> or, or evil cough, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I was I was so sad because after I recorded that bit with Lord Byron, I thought of so ma many better fish puns to use. I really, <laughs> I, I'm sure, you of did. course. No, I really, I really should have followed up with like, and then Miss Sofa was like, 
Oh, Papa, I was angling for a good joke. You took my line and sent me reeling. <laughs> you better scale back on the fish buns, Papa. <laughs> oh, God. You know that there's like a whole notebook in Silpha's room that is nothing but puns that she's planning. I, I don't think it's just one notebook. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, the, the right. one notebook is just fish buns. But now that I've made my jokes, I can splice them in. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saving all my rock jokes for Lord Byron. Mm. Your rock jokes? <laughs> all my jokes about... About stones. stones. Yeah. <laughs> you love it. Oh, stone me, baby. Just admit it, you love I'm, it. I'm really sitting on this. You better give me an opportunity. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Also, I'll roll really poorly on the dice, but it won't matter. I'll just commit. <laughs> She's just gonna jump right in and do it. <laughs> the Masons are gonna be like, oh my. It's gonna offend the fuck out of them, but you know. It will, and then she'll be like, you know what? My grave's already dug. I'm just looking for a good epitaph. <laughs> <laughs> I wish there was a sound that your head made when you just shake it like that. Like, oh god, no. Hit the rattle, rattle, yeah. rattle. <laughs> oh god. That look right there. Here lies Silpha Lunari, completely undone by a pun. <laughs> completely unpunned. 